Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. I'm John Bucks in Brooklyn per usual, and I'm joined as always by my pod partner, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, and my travel buddy. I'm living vicariously through you, Brian. How you doing, Chinny? Yo, I'm on the move. I'm posted up in Montreal right now, enjoying some winter wonderland fun and doing a food safari with the wifey. So really enjoying my time out here on the East Coast, enjoying you in the same time zone for all these FPL matches. Wow, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, Boxing Day was incredible. I think the big takeaway from a holistic FPL viewing perspective is how many incredible point scoring assets there are in the fantasy premier league game right now it's just a wealth of riches to choose from specifically in midfield but really across the board you could have 120 points comfortably with your triple city left to go that's just how the points were coming in bunches in boxing day yeah i feel like i got a surprise piece of coal left over in my stocking that I checked out on the 26th on Boxing Day because I did not have as many FPL points as I would have liked. And taking a look back at my Game Week 16 squad, oh man, I had Mitro and Sala, Miggy all in that team. None of those lads made it to my Game Week 17 squad. So you know how it is, a little bit of hashtag FPL blues, but we move forward because we got games coming fast and furious. Yeah, ain't that the truth? This was a game week where it was easy to look around and window shop at other people's teams and just be like, oh, they had him, they had him, and he had double digits, and they had double digits. But I think when we look at both of our teams, Brian, there's only one or two blankers, and we still have triple city. So all in all, not terrible state. Yeah, and both of us went different routes with our triple city. I have Captain Holland, KDB, and Foden potentially to play who knows if he starts or not but I went with the triple city attack for these upcoming doubles you went with the classic look of who I'm on Holland cap Foden and Cancelo I swerved the uh premium midfield position I went with Kane instead to start out uh, he's been a player I've wanted to have a piece of all season and haven't yet done so however however it's really just Reese James is the big bugaboo. And I think before we even get into the episode, we should just commiserations. We are two Chelsea fans, but this is a broader FPL based program. And he was a very popular pick coming out of the World Cup. He was rested. Reports were that he was fully fit. He had played 60 minutes of a warm up. And what do you know? He gets the start. FPL Twitter goes absolutely buku crazy seeing that he's starting and Kepa starting and, you know, coming out of halftime, uh, it was soggy sorrows pretty much right away. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting 12 points from Kepa and Reese James combined in this Bournemouth match, but we come out with 10 because Kepa puts in a nine-pointer, which we love to see. He's in goal for both of us, but Reese James comes off at the 51st minute. And, damn, man, this you got to point to the Chelsea Training room, was he ready? Should he have been playing 60 minutes back-to-back, very much easing back into action? And this guy has just had a terrible run in the last 18 months or so. And I think from FPL, we really need to take this as our final straw as we look ahead to future opportunities to have him in our squad. We need him to say, we need him to play consecutive matches and really look fit and come off 
um, you know, by the coach's decision and not any injury decision. So I will be definitely taking my time if I ever bring him back in my squad for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I just hope we see him again this season. It looked bad. He went down. Uh, reports are it is it is a similar, not exactly the same injury, but it is in the same place in the same knee. And that is definitely not something you want to be reading. So uh, it's just horrible news. And I think Chelsea are really in trouble now because they've lost Fafana. They've lost Reese James. And they're now thin in defense. They've already were thin in defensive midfield. I don't feel as great about that Keppa pick going forward either now that Reese is out. So uh, trouble brewing for our home team, the Chelsea Blues. Yeah, I got to hope Aspie puts in a shift because he's going to be called upon to play a lot of minutes. Um, and just one thing to add, more chin salt to injury. I had Chalaba in my squad for a very long time. He didn't actually start this Bournemouth match, but I was going to fade James because I didn't see enough of him actually on the pitch. And then I had FOMO with like two hours before the deadline. I was up just Twitter fingers, just tinkering around in my lineup and James made his way back in. So that's going to cost me more points because it's a transfer waiting to happen too. So definitely bummed there, but let's take a quick break and we'll come back to you recap the game week 17 top performers some of the floppers and ones to watch heading into the quick turnaround in game week 18 we'll be right back let's get into the bright lights the stars and top performers from game week 17 starting with a player that wasn't supposed to be even fit to play and that's one Mitrovic. He starts for Fulham and oh my God, he looked incredible from jump street. He was the best player on the pitch. This mother bleeper. He's supposed to be dealing with an ankle injury that's persisted for a very long time. Marco Silva, he's a fraud in these press conferences. He calls it out as he might miss some time. He's still building up his match fitness, blah, blah, blah. We got bamboozled, Bucks, because Mitro would easily have been in both of our sides due to his upcoming double game week. Instead, we fade him, and he comes in with his largest haul of the season, 15 points, a goal, two assists. He was very good in the air, which also signifies that his ankle is probably in a good spot if he can at least jump to get some of these headers and assist his teammates. And this one really stunk because I started with Callum Wilson, who had the sniffles and missed the match instead. So, bah humbug. That's the difference between the Serbians and the Brits. Ain't that the truth? I think you could have a bullet hole in one of Mitro's legs and he's going to suit up and put on a good performance. Callum Wilson, he breaks his nail and the guy can't even show up to the stadium. I know. And this is like the second time he's missed due to illness. Like was he just got to put on his Snuggie, sit at home, drink some tea and get back out there on the pitch for, for me. And you went with Miggy instead as your attacking asset for Newcastle. And you've came out ahead of me on points. That's the main difference between our two squads this week so far. Yeah. The Metro thing, really interesting. He gets three bonus, obviously when you have a goal and two assists and just Fulham went, they went wild at Selhurst Park. Next up, let's talk about the Red Devils. They get a quality 3-0 victory. And in this one, Rashford, popular 6.7 million pound pick, picks up 14 points, instantly delivers for those who went for him. Looks in form in the rain. He gets a goal and assist, clean sheet, and three bonus. 
he destroyed NFO. And like we always say, if you need to get right, take your medicine and play NFO, and you'll probably come up with some more points. The first goal that went into the back of the net, uh, and it was quick. And after that goal, it was pretty much over. But just spectacular, dominant performance from Rashford. And Bruno, surprisingly, was kind of a player that ghosted this game. I expected more from him. And Rashford, Martial, and Eriksson were really the trio that I thought jumped off the page for Man United. Yeah, unfortunate for FPL managers who went with Luke Shaw. He starts at center back because of the injuries in Harry Maguire's form. So he starts at center back and he still gets eight points in this match, completed a lot of back passes and all that crap that adds up in the bonus point system. And so I was very much looking for NFO to get a cheeky goal. And that almost came at the end of halftime, which would have wiped away that clean sheet and those bonus points. So that one was tough to see for us who have no United defensive coverage. Yeah, fair. And I should just put my hand up. We're not in the flopper section just yet, but I I really faded Man United. I even called out that take on Twitter and uh, it went horribly wrong because Forest are just that bad. And uh, that's something to remember uh, now that we are back from break. Forest are I think comfortably the worst team in the premier league this season, they have talent in spots, but they're just not a cohesive team. So uh, with that, Chelsea get them next. Uh, I expect another big performance from Chelsea attackers uh, going against this forest defense. All right, let's keep it moving here. Let's talk about Liverpool with a three, one victory. Mo Salah, 12 points. He's not in either of our teams. And this one was tough to see. He gets an early tap in goal off of, a, I think, a rebound or a easy pass from Robertson, uh, who actually became the Premier League's number one all-time assisting defensive player with 54. Great to see him in form, and he really looks a lot better than Trent at the moment in getting more license to run up that left flank. And you and I went with Darwin in this one, so what would you think about this match? Liverpool do have second highest XG in the league. And in the last six games, they have the highest XG of any team. So uh, they are starting to round into form and their defense stinks, but their attack is still deadly. Yeah. And they have Lester coming up. So that could easily be another at home three, at home at home at Anfield. So that could be another three goals in the works. Uh, moving on to Newcastle. They put in a great shift. Trippier, absolute FPL royalty this season 12 points max bonus and assist he's he's the stud we don't need to talk any more about him but he is right up there with holland as must-haves for the rest of the season agreed and if if salah is the king then i think trippier right now is earning that prince title he's been a monster for fpl and in real life and you know what city were winning titles and they're going to keep winning titles with and without holland so uh trippier the best transfer move that's my pick as we close out 2022, the best transfer move of the 2020s so far. A few more matches to discuss. Let's talk about Arsenal. No Jesus, no problem. They get a comfortable 3-1 victory in this match. And the midfield trio, absolutely star-powered and looked fantastic. Let's start with Odegaard. Yeah, Odegaard, two assists, pulling all the strings. He looked exceptional. Max bonus, he ends up on 11 points. And he had six shots and five chances created. So he's looking Ooh. like the differential darling. And watching this game, you could understand why so many managers 
have decided to finally fade Martinelli, sell him off and bring in Odegaard because Odegaard is probably the better pick for the rest of the season. I mean, Saka looked incredible. No, can't can't really uh, say too much about that. He gets a classy goal. And uh, I see why so many Brits are enamored with him. Yeah, he's definitely a great shout. He's going to be on pens for the rest of the season. And he could easily come up with a couple double-digit hauls. Martinelli also continues to be a force in FPL. He nets a fortunate goal near post, beat the keeper, um, which again, eh, you know, it could have been saved. But hey, we'll take it eight points. And he had only had one chance created. So you'd have to rate Odegaard higher than Martinelli if you're going to bring in a asset right now into your FBL squad for game week 18 and, and beyond. They will have some upcoming double game weeks. So I'm glad that I have an open slot in my FPL team that I'm hopefully able to fit Odegaard in later on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that if you have Martinelli, this game was slightly concerning. He really only had one big chance. And fortunately, Fabianski is no longer the keeper he once was. And that ball easily found the back of the net in a spot where it shouldn't. That was a flattering FPL performance with eight points because he he didn't really do much. He was very peripheral. He was very far wide. He's someone that's going to help Arsenal make the space to then score the goals. I don't necessarily see him being the one that's going to assist or get the goal uh, very often because Odegaard and Saka and even Niketia looked fantastic. I think they are much more central and they're much more involved in the buildup and the final ball. So uh, that's our kind of eye test right there. Let's go to the Chelsea team. We can't get out of the star performer section without at least flattering our boys that played well, uh, starting with Kai Havertz. Yeah, Kai comes up with one goal, one assist and three bonus for a total of 12 points. He's under 5% owned as far as I know, maybe like 3% owned. So very much a differential heading into the double game week coming up. So he's one to watch. I think it's hard to go with Kai over the likes of Mitrovic because Mitrovic is also on pens and probably 0.8 million pounds cheaper. So he would be a differential you could go for, but I think Mitro, if you don't have him, would still rate higher than Kai. But he seems to have this spot locked up. Aubameyang comes off the bench. And so I think he's he's good value moving forward, especially if Chelsea can find some more attacking form. And that really is combined with Mason Mount and his ability to get up and down the pitch. Yeah, speaking of Mount, he had 10 points. Kai had 12. Mount gets a goal, clean sheet, and two bonus total. Uh, but I just think between the two of them, they were clearly the best players from Chelsea. And one thing about Kai Havertz, if Mitrovic gets a yellow card, I think Kai is going to become killer Kai for that double game week. With that, let's move on to the not so good, the yucky, the shitty, the floppers from game week 17. Well, Number one on this list, and he will most likely be number one on this list many more times in the rest of the season is Darwin Nunez. Wow. Four big chances all failed. Man, he has an absurd expected goal rate in this one and comes away with two FPL points. Bucks, this blank left you and I just desperately wanting more. I was rolling on the floor when he missed that ball that he controlled from outer space one-on-one -on -one with the keeper and he just pushed it wide. Oh, I was, I was, I like landed on one of my daughter's spiky uh, plastic characters in the small <laughs> of my back and Darwin Nunez still hurt me more than that little damn plastic thing did. Well, it was so, so painful. So, Bucks, the thing is that touch to bring the ball down 
it was a much more difficult play than slotting the ball left or right in against the one-on-one with the keeper. So that one was really like, wow, look at that amazing play. And then just like, womp, womp. Maybe it's a me thing because I actually was a Timo truther as a shout out to one of our podcast OGs, Eamon, uh, who called me that. I believe in these guys that get into great XG positions. I feel like part of scoring goals is being in the right position, having the opportunities to get those goals in the back of the net. But something about Darwin, about Timo, put the ball in the net, guys. You're being paid (laughs) all this money. And this is the one thing you have to practice in training. Yeah. FPL didn't even credit him with the clear assist, the FPL assist on the shot and rebound. So uh, nothing is going right for Nunez right now. So much so, so much so that Liverpool watched this game and they panic bought Gakpo right out from under (laughs) United for 37 million pounds. The guy's apparently in route right now for his medical. He's already in England uh, to get that medical done and dusted. So uh, yeah, scary scenes if you are going against and fading Liverpool for the rest of the season. They're getting so many goal opportunities. And I expect that Darwin is going to have a double-digit return one of these games. Yeah, look, he's always in attacking positions. He's more forward-facing than Salah. And so if he continues to do that, the numbers will bear out eventually. He'll get some points, but will he get enough points to cover the more than four, about four million pound difference between him and Salah? That is yet to be determined. Right now, coming back from the break in game week 17, we are down a massive nine points, uh, 10 points in that call. No, but I think it's even worse than that because Darwin is blocking a very valuable striker spot. And especially if you went with three strikers up top, like I did, I have Kane, Holland, and Darwin. That's most of my team budget. And when you see Niketia is getting six, Martial is getting six, Mitrovic is getting 15. I mean, every single striker pretty much put up a return except Darwin Nunez, which makes things colossally worse it's a kick to the gut it's a kick to the privates and uh no space ball can save that all right all right enough of us complaining about darwin nunez can you tell that both bucks and i have him in our sides um crystal palace and west ham let's just talk about those two teams quickly crystal palace gets two red cards in the match and opens the floodgates for the likes of mitrovich to get points I actually had andreas come off the bench for callum wilson so i was disappointed to see that he was not assisting any of these Mitrovic or Fulham goals at Sellers Park. So a big flop from Crystal Palace. And then what'd you see in the West Ham versus um, versus Arsenal match? I, they looked fantastic for 30 minutes, but you know, you don't win the game in the first 30. And I think in front of their home fans to let that second half get away the way it did. Super disappointing. I think part of it has to be on David Moyes for his defensive setup. Uh, yeah, they didn't really put up any resistance once Arsenal started going. That's why Arsenal is the top of the table. And uh, I think West Ham have a potential to go down this season, which is crazy to say. With all the talent they have, they're just outside the relegation zone. And it's not looking good. I think Declan Rice could leave. Uh, and I think if he leaves, that's going to start some domino effects where you're not going to be happy if you're a Hammer supporter. Yeah, I'd be a bit surprised if the likes of Bowen or Rice left in the January window, but in the offseason, you could definitely see this West Ham United team losing their nails and not being put together like they have been in years past. All right, 
let's take a quick break and then we'll preview the quick turnaround and match matches in game week 18. We'll be right back. We're back. Let's look ahead to game week 18. Again, quick turnaround. We have a Friday fixtures this game week, so it is an early deadline. Make sure to set your bus team before you go outside to run errands, just in case anything happens. But first, let's look at the matches most relevant for FPL returns, starting with Leicester traveling to Anfield to play at Liverpool. Yikes. Yeah, unfortunately, Madison missed the previous match, and without him, they definitely fell apart a bit. Leicester are susceptible to some bad performances, and Liverpool are going to score goals. Like you said, they have the second-highest XG, I believe, in the whole league, and at Anfield, they're a different force. So I'm expecting a comfortable 3-1 victory for Liverpool once again. Good call. I like that. I would say 4-1. Let's keep it going. Man United at Wolves. Wolves get a great win away at Everton, but that's not going to have a carryover effect. I think United put them to the sword 3-0 in front of the Molyneux crowd. Yeah, I think 2-0 Wolves do look a little bit frisky. They have some young players who are getting some run. like to see that Bueno is 3.9 and could be that budget enabler in your side, maybe even next to somebody like Patterson if you really wanted to go thinner at the back and move your funds into midfield. Martial and Rashford, both under 7 million. Great, great choices to potentially bring into your squad. They have two easy fixtures in a row here before they play City coming up. So these are the two game weeks to potentially capitalize. But with those slots, again, you have a lot of flexibility to go to somebody like Odegaard or to go to somebody like Mitrovic. And so these price slots are you know, something that you can kind of tinker around with and move around to find who's playing the best fixtures coming up. Ain't that the truth? Keeping it moving, Everton at Etihad. I think City smashed them 6-0. Oh my goodness. Calm down. 6-0. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 3-0. Um, but yeah, that one could get out of hand quickly. We haven't seen you know we haven't seen City play yet, but we're expecting them to put in a very impressive performance against Leeds. And they are ready to hopefully keep up with Arsenal, who again didn't miss a beat without Jesus and still have a four point lead at the top of the table. Next up leads at Newcastle bucks. Newcastle is the team that is just really putting in impressive shifts. Even without Callum Wilson, they still score another three goals, their consistency on both ends and just being able to create goals from the likes of Miggy from corners. They're just very impressive team. I really wish Chelsea was playing at the level that Newcastle is this season. Yeah, they're the best defense, and their attack is very, 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 very interesting. The way that they all move around, you can just see that the players love playing together, and they really have bought into the Eddie Howe system. Uh, He should be coach of the year, bar none. It shouldn't even be close. I agree there. uh, Yeah, they're well-deserved. Right now, they're in second place. I expect once City play, they'll be back to third, but they are comfortably in a Champions League spot, and they are a team that is not to be trifled with. I expect four two. My coffee is strong this morning. I want a lot of goals. You can tell. Yeah, I like three one in this match. Lastly, we have Chelsea heading to play Forest. This should be another opportunity for Kai, Sterling, and Mason Mount to get on the score sheet. We'll see what happens in the back, but you would expect Chelsea to score at least two goals in this one, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, two zero, easy, easy peasy. Get out of there without an injury. That's right. And then from a pure watch perspective, all eyes will be on Arsenal at Brighton. Brighton have tended to really play the foil in some bigger matches, and they have the attacking output to put up two or three goals. So this one, I think there will be goals in this, and I could see a three-two victory for Arsenal. I was going to say three-two. Brighton are no longer a quality defensive side under their new manager, Deserby, but their attack looks lethal. And I'm really impressed. Solly March has not gotten enough shine this FPL season. He's a player that should firmly be a differential on your watch list, especially if we hear about some Brighton double game weeks, even a potential mythical triple game week coming down the pike for them. So uh, Solly March, one on my watch list for sure. Yeah, we don't talk about him at all on the pod. He's a nice five million pound price tag and really impressed with how Brighton played, especially without McAllister in the midfield who ran the show for Argentina in lead to the world cup uh, victory. So very impressive three, one victory versus Southampton. And then we'll see how they play in front of their home crowd at the Amex, which is always a fun match to watch. If you follow him on Twitter, you know, his name is no longer McAllister. It's Mac daddy. Uh, hey. We'll keep it moving. All right, we should just remind our listeners that there is early kickoff. There's going to be Friday matches, and there is a double game week 19 that's coming. And there's also going to be double game weeks in 20 and 21 for sure. And we're expecting further double game week announcements to come in the next few hours. So hold those transfers if at all possible. And we would strongly advise if at all possible, rolling your free transfer going into game week 18. I know it could be antsy uh, when you see other people with huge scores, but it's been one game week and the free transfer, two free transfers going into the double game week in 19 could prove very, very important. With that, let's get into our transfer plans and captaincy shouts for game week 18, Brian. Man, I would love to roll my transfer, but I do have two glaring holes in my side right now. And that is one Reese James and also potentially Callum Wilson. I think Callum Wilson will be fine. He's got the sniffles. That's also a spot where I'm thinking about moving him to Mitro for the double game week in 19. So I'll probably sit tight there. My problem is that without Reese James playing, I actually have this week. We'll have dunk starting in my three, four, three versus Arsenal. And that is a bit of a problem. So I'm going to wait for this city game to play out, see how that goes. But I'm definitely thinking about Reese James out of my squad, maybe to a double game weaker like Cucarella, Cucarella, Cucarella's Paella. Who knows? We'll mix it up. But also, also thinking about honestly looking at somebody like Sven Botman, 4.4 million, double up on Newcastle defense. They look very impressive. They don't have any double game weeks coming up. But they have a lot of easy fixtures, uh, leads. Then they play Arsenal, but then Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth. These are all games that they could have 50% chances of clean sheets from the bookies odds. So uh, those are my potential moves. And then captaincy, I'll be leaving it on Holland. He's my guy. And we'll just keep it simple there. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I'm also hoping to roll the transfer, barring any disaster injury in the city match. I have Darwin Nunez and Reese James firmly on the hot seat right now, but they're going to stay put for at least a couple more days. I'm going to have Erling Holland as my captain. The Viking will stay with the armband in game week 18, and I'm expecting big things as they return home, maybe even a hat trick against Frank Lampard's 
Everton side who cannot do anything right at this point in the season. So uh, best of luck. Hopefully you are on a green arrow in game week 17 for the restart. Keep the faith. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And you picked your team not just for game week 17, but for the long haul. So uh, without further ado, thank you as always for listening to the FPL Blues podcast. Brian, go get some delicious bagels and more Montreal food in you. And we love you. Thank you all. Thanks for listening. Good luck trying to figure out the best picks across game week 18. We'll be back for the game week 19 preview very soon. 